0: Please know that we love you. We're praying for you, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. We'll turn to Joshua chapter one. We'll be there in five minutes, maybe six minutes. Uh, Last week, if you were here last week, we talked about uh, when faith gets hard, when it's hard to believe, when it's hard to follow, when it's hard to obey. uh, we were encouraged, I hope you were encouraged, I find encouragement in the words of Jesus when he says in Matthew 11 to come to me, come to me when you're weary, come to me when you're tired, come to me when you're burdened. Um, he tells us to take uh, his yoke upon him uh, and we, I drew a picture of a yoke, an ox on our board last week. Um, my ox have smiley faces, I don't know if when you draw animals if all of them have smiley faces, but every time I draw an animal it's got a smiley face on it. Um, We talked about how uh, the Lord Jesus calls us to him, and he is sufficient, he is powerful, uh, he is loving and caring enough to carry our burdens, to take a hold of um, our worries and stress and fears, and how when we come into a relationship with Jesus, how we, when we yoke our lives, when we connect our lives with him, Jesus isn't looking for a 50-50 relationship. He's looking for a 100% to 0%. He's looking to take everything upon him. He's not looking for you to take care of what you can take care of and then trust him with the rest. He's looking to take care of all of you. And I hope that brings you encouragement. I hope you find encouragement when life is tough, when faith is hard, um, that Jesus, the creator of the universe, the son of God himself, is standing there with open arms saying, come to me. I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm able. I can do it. Come to me. So today, um, I want to give you a little bit more encouragement when life is tough and when faith gets hard. And to do that, we're going to look at the book of Joshua chapter 1. So let me give you some background on Joshua. Joshua was Moses' servant. He was Moses' right-hand man. He was the, um, he was Moses' kind of of vice president if you will he was kind of the next in line After Moses, Moses died at the end of the book of Deuteronomy, which is right before the book of Joshua. You can read about that in the last paragraph there of the book of Deuteronomy. But after Moses died, God needed somebody to lead the Israelites. Remember, they were in the wilderness. God led Moses to be the leader. God called Moses to be the leader at the burning bush to get the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. He told him to go to Pharaoh, tell Pharaoh, "Let my people go, so that they can worship." me. And Moses went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh wouldn't have any none of it. So God did what? Sent 10 what? plagues. Sent 10 plagues on to the people of Egypt and on to Pharaoh. Of course, the last one was the worst one, and that was the death of the firstborn son. And that's where we celebrate Easter and the Passover and the blood on the doorpost and all of that kind of good stuff. So Pharaoh said, "Okay, leave, get out, leave." So Moses took the Israelites, led the Israelites out of Egypt, um, got to the Red Sea. And while they were at the Red Sea, Pharaoh decided, wait a minute, we've got to change the plan here. I'm coming to get y'all. So he got all his chariots and his horses and his army, and they went out to get them. But God did something miraculous when he split the Red Sea. He stopped the water, and the Israelites were able to cross over the Red Sea on dry ground and get across. And then Moses—or not Moses— Pharaoh and all of his army got engulfed in the water and ended up drowning. And the people walked through the Red Sea onto the other side, free people for the first time in hundreds of years. However, they did not make it to the promised land, right? Because they had some issues. While they were in the wilderness, we had the whole issue of the golden calf. We've talked about that before where they made a graven image, they made a worship, and they started worshiping an image that they made out of a golden calf while Moses was up on Mount Sinai talking to God. Then they had an issue of them wanting some food. God provided food for them as in from manna from heaven. Every morning they had food there waiting on them. We had the issue of them complaining that they would have been safer, they would have been better while they were at home or back in Egypt as slaves than they were in the wilderness as free people. So because of their disobedience, because of their worshiping a false image, God changed their travel plans. And instead of walking straight to the promised land that God had promised them, that God had provided for them, they got stuck and lost in the wilderness for 40 years. During that time is when we see the end of the book of Deuteronomy when Moses dies. Then we get to Joshua here, and God calls Joshua to be the leader of the people. Now, put yourself in Joshua's shoes here for just a minute. He's just been following Moses. Everybody loved Moses then. Everybody still loves Moses now. Moses was one of the best. Moses and David was one of the the best two leaders in Israel's history. Everybody loved Moses. Joshua was the one following the one that everybody loves. Joshua found himself leading what some scholars say somewhere between 600,000 people and up to 2 million people through the promised land, through the wilderness to the promised land, that they've been in for an entire generation, that they've been stuck in for 40 years. Joshua's following the best leader at this time in Israel's history. What happens when you follow the best leader? You're going to be held to his standard chances are you're not going to live up to his standard. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in charge of 600,000 to 2 million people in the wilderness that they've been in for an entire generation. We see Joshua takes leadership in this position. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was in Joshua's shoes, I'd be thinking, "Ah, let's take a second here. Like, I'd be like, Lord, you sure you don't want to talk to somebody else? Like, Moses probably got a cousin in some of these people. You sure you don't want to talk to them? Let them do it. There's a lot of people I'm in charge of. 600,000 up to 2 million. I've got to get 2 million people from where we're at, from where we've been for 40 years. I've got to get these people to the promised land. And we know there's other people between here and there. We know there's wars to fight. We know there's land to cross. We know there's work to be done. You sure you don't want to get somebody else to do this? I think if I was Joshua... Faith would be hard in that situation. Like, God, you calling me to do this? Like, you don't want to find somebody else? I think doubt would start to rise up. Frustration would rise up. We don't like waiting a minute and a half on popcorn to pop in the microwave, much less waiting 40 years to get to the promised land. Amen? amen. (sighs) However, we see in Joshua chapter 1 that God encourages Joshua. Joshua. That God leads Joshua, that God does three things we're going to talk about this morning, and he encourages Joshua to be the leader and to lead these people out of the wilderness and into the promised land. And that's what I want to show you this morning. When life gets tough, When faith gets hard, we have people around us that encourages us. I hope you have people in your life today that that loves you, that encourages you, that pushes you to be better, that influences you to keep on. If you do not, look at me. Call me. I'll encourage you like crazy. I'll encourage you like never before. You'll never be more encouraged than when you get off the phone with me. I'll have you thinking you can run up a mountain right now, even though you can't run three feet. I'll make you believe. However, what we see here in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua receives encouragement from people, but he also receives encouragement from God in heaven. And I want to show you three things this morning on how God encouraged Joshua and how God encourages you today. Number one is that uh, Joshua was encouraged by God's call, by the simple fact that God chose Joshua by the fact that God called Joshua to be this leader, is encouragement. Joshua 1 1 says this, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise cross the Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them." To the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. So God called Moses at the um, at the burning bush, and here we see that God puts that same call on to Joshua and Joshua's life. How many of you know today that when God calls, God provides? I hope you do. I hope you do. I hope that when you've Followed God, you've seen God's provision follow right behind. I hope that when you have trusted the Lord, I hope you've seen that God's provision has followed right behind. What we see here in Joshua chapter 1 is that Joshua followed the same call that God had for Moses. He called for him. Here's the secret to following God and trusting God's call. God can see the end from the beginning. You and I can't. That's why it's tough. Joshua's been in the wilderness for 40 years. He saw the 10 plagues. He saw slavery. He saw Pharaoh. He saw Egypt. He saw the Red Sea. He saw the manna from heaven. He was a spy sent into the promised land to look. Joshua couldn't understand what was going to happen, but he trusted who knew what was going to happen. You and I today, we may not be able to see the end from the beginning, but we can trust that God can. The Word says that He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He knows what's going to happen before we can even speculate or begin to perceive what's going to happen. God knows the end game plan. God knows the purpose. God knows the plan, even at the beginning of the purpose and the plan. Here's the deal. You and I today, we have a really hard time seeing the end because of the present does that make sense we have a hard time seeing the promised land because of the wilderness we have a hard time seeing the blessing because of the pain we have a hard time seeing the mountaintop because we're in the valley you and I today we may not understand it we may not comprehend we may not be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel and that's okay that's fine because we're not God God's calling us to trust him to know and to lead and to guide us into the promised land even while we're in the wilderness we see in Matthew chapter 14 we see the story of Jesus feeding 5,000 men you guys know that story everybody knows that story we've talked about it before Jesus had a crowd of people and Jesus knew everybody was getting hungry So Jesus turns to one of his disciples named Philip, and he looked at Philip, and Philip, he asked Philip, he said, what are we going to do? Where are we going to get food to feed all these people? And then the Bible says, right before that, Jesus already knowing what he is going to do before he asked Philip, where are we going to get food? Please know today, You may find yourself in the wilderness, you may find yourself in a time of doubt and struggle and faith being hard and life being hard, and you may not see no way out. If God calls you, God will make a way. He made a way for the Israelites through the Red Sea. Not around it, not over it, but through it. He made a way for Joshua here. If you read the rest of the book of Joshua, you see that they do indeed make it to the promised land. Even while they were in the wilderness, Joshua couldn't see the end game, but he could trust in the one who did know and who had a plan for the end game. My challenge and encouragement for you today is that if God leads you to it, he will lead you through it. If God calls you to start it, He will provide a way for it to start. If God calls you to stop it, He will provide the power, the energy, the wisdom to stop it God calls you to change priorities around he will give you the wisdom and the power to make the change in your life that you need to make if God calls you to serve he will give you the ability he will equip you with the ability that you need to do the service that God has called you to give if God is calling you to give he will give you the gift that you are he is calling you to give God makes a way today Amen. Have you ever experienced that before? I hope so. Because there's nothing like it. There's nothing that builds faith and builds confidence more than seeing God make a way when there's no way. Than seeing prayers answered. Than seeing faith become sight. And we can have full trust and full confidence today in the call that God puts on our lives just like he did joshua martin luther the great the really really great um, theologian said this he said i know not the way that he leads me but i know well who is leading me you and i today can have faith and trust and be encouraged by the fact that if god calls god makes a way amen number two joshua was encouraged by the presence of god look at verse five Joshua 1, verse 5, God says, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you, and I will not forsake you. We've talked a lot about, over the past couple years, about God's presence being with us. I hope you're not tired of hearing it, because I think it's really important. And I don't think that we today can fully understand the fact that God Almighty is with us. We know he loves us, we know he cares, we know he provides, we know he's with us. But if we could understand, if I could fully understand that God Almighty, the creator of the universe, the King of kings and Lord of lords is with me, I believe it will change my life even more than he already has. And I believe the same for you we're promised in scripture the presence of god in our lives psalm 23 david says that you meaning god is with me psalm 46 we see that god is a very present help in times of trouble psalm 30 139 we see that there's nowhere we can go to flee from his presence david says in psalm 139 if i go up you're there if i go down you're there if i go left go right you're there david even says in psalm 139 that if i try to hide in the dark The darkness is as of light to you. You are still with me. One of the last things that Jesus Christ himself said in his earthly life in Matthew 28, he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You and I today count it, should count it, a great blessing that God is with us. I feel like that's one of those things that you hear all the time, and it kind of loses its power. Like you hear all the time that God loves you, and you're like, I know. But it doesn't change your life. I feel like the same is true with the presence of God with us. I know God's with me. No, 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 no. Every time you see God intervening, every time you see in the New Testament Jesus Christ come into contact, come in the presence of somebody, they leave changed. They leave different. We talked about it earlier. When Jesus is in the house, the blind man sees. When Jesus' is presence is there, the lame man walks. When Jesus is there, the dead man comes alive. The presence of God Almighty can't help but to change your life. There's two principles here. Number one, number one is life's not about where you're going, but it's about who you're with. Life's not about where you're going, but it's about who you're with. Two applications. Two applications to that thought. Number one, we can trust and have faith that even in the valley, God's with us. You ever been at the lowest point in your life and somehow you were able to get up the next morning? Somehow you had the strength, you had the power, you had the ability to get up, make your bed, dress yourself brush your teeth maybe you walked out of the house and maybe you didn't that come from the lord because while the world will do what it can do to tear you down to take you out to make you depressed to make you fearful to make you worrisome Even at the lowest point in your life, it's not about where you're at. It's about who's with you. And we can trust, we can have faith and confidence that even in those toughest moments, man, the power of God Almighty is still with us. The second application, our everyday life. It's not about where we go. It's about who's with us. It's not about where you're going this afternoon. It's about who's with you. How many of you know that the people in your life today are the most important thing in your life today? Amen. If you don't believe me, ask someone who can never talk to a husband or wife again. Right? Ask someone who can never speak to a mom or dad again. As someone who can never speak to a son or daughter ever again. The people in your life are the most important thing. Can I encourage you to love, to hug? You may say, I'm not a hugger. I don't care. You hug anyway. You give half of a hug if you want to. That's fine. You forgive you bless, you pray for. You may think, I don't like many people. They probably don't like you either. <laughs> you love anyway. You hug them anyway. Y'all know I have two kids. We have TJ and Anna Lee. Can I tell you guys a story and you don't judge me? Can we make a deal? and You don't judge my family. This is not you or your parents it's mine we try to teach TJ uh, I remember having this conversation several times over the years especially during the holidays that Nana and Papaw are more important than the gifts that Nana and Papaw give mom and dad you ever been there if not you've got better kids than I got okay <laughs> I got them selfish kids I got them brats Joking. I love them. They're the best. So we've had this conversation before. So this past week, my man TJ went to Gatlinburg for a few days with my mom and dad. Should I tell this story or no? I already started. Y'all said, y- y'all said you wouldn't judge me. Y'all said. Or my family. <laughs> so TJ went to Gatlinburg with mom and dad. They left Wednesday, come back Friday. So Friday evening, T J and I and Callie Anna Lee, we went book bag shopping for school. We drove separate because with a little kid, that's what you gotta do because you may have to go home at any time. So T J and I was on the way to Greensboro and I was asking him about their trip. Should I keep going or okay uh i was asking him about their trip and he was telling me where all they went he said daddy we were in gatlinburg and i saw a store that said real life alligators and i didn't believe it but i went into the store and sure enough they had a real life alligator i said sweet And he was telling me where they went and what they did. And he told me that Papaw bought him a knife and bought him a shirt or something and bought him another knife. And then he took the first knife and that's the knife he gave to me because he used it as a gift for me because uh, Papaw bought him a different knife. And Papaw was the best Papaw in the world. I said, yeah, buddy, Papaw is the best Papaw. I said, but Papaw would be the best Papaw even if he didn't buy you stuff. He said, yeah, he would. I said, yeah, he would. And then TJ said these words. He's the best Papaw, even though he says bad words sometimes. (laughs) I said, yeah, yeah, he does, buddy. And I'm thinking, we all do. (laughs) I said, yeah, buddy, he does. I said, but he's still the best Papaw. He said, he's the best Papaw ever. I'm hoping TJ knows. (laughs) I'm hoping he learns. And I told him in the car ride, just because Papaw says bad words, don't mean that we say bad words. Right, mama? (laughs) Right. Mama said bad words too sometimes. I'm joking, I kid, I'm kidding. She don't, she don't, I'm joking. She does not, she does not. I don't even think she thinks the bad words. I'm going to be honest, I at least think of them. (laughs) But I don't say them. Sanctified part of me don't let me say them. Fleshly part of me thinks about them. The most important thing. Is the people around you. I hope you know today that the people sitting beside of you are gold. The people in your life are gold. Husbands, your wives that's with you, they are a blessing from the Lord. Wives, your husbands that with you, that's the man that God himself picked out for you. Mom and dads, the kids in your life, they are a blessing from the Lord even at two o'clock in the morning when that baby's not crying, not sleeping, the baby don't close their eyes, the baby won't be quiet, the baby won't stop or nothing, they are still a blessing from the Lord. Amen? Yes. Yes, yes. Take notes. Take notes. It's not about where you go. It's about who's with you. We know that the Lord is always with us. We have his presence guaranteed to us in scripture and we can trust and have faith today that even in the valley, even in the struggle, even in the the times of questioning and doubt, God Almighty is with us. And finally, number three, we see that Joshua was encouraged by God's word. Look at verse 7. God says this, Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to look to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Be not, uh, do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God told Moses, he said, I'm with you. Not only am I with you, but you have my word. You have the law. He said, you take it. Don't depart from it don't leave from it, don't let it go from you, don't look away from it. He said, you take my word, and it will be with you. It will protect you. It will lead you. It will guide you. It will make you prosperous today. I hope you know today that the Word tells us about the Word, that it brings joy, that it brings peace, that it leads us to God. It brings direction. It's alive. It's active. And it is. it can change your life like nothing else. God's Word can make you wise. God's Word defeats temptation. It builds faith and builds confidence. And God's Word right here that we all have access to today is what can lead you to Jesus. This Word here is written by man, but it's inspired by the Spirit. It's read by man, but the Spirit transforms with the reading this is not like reading a murder mystery novel this is like reading a life changing note a life changing book life changing words that somehow as only god can when we read them, we understand them this holy spirit inside of us transforms life through this word our problem today is twofold one we don't read it we don't read it we have access to it you know how many bibles i have in my possession double digits i don't even know how many double digits i've got three on my phone why i don't know but i have three bibles on my phone i have several over in my office i have several more at home I have this one that I usually have with me. I have another one sitting on my desk right now. It's available. It's there. The question is, do you read it? Is it a big part of your life? Do you find peace here? Do you find direction here? Do you find hope here? Because it's all there. It's available. It's waiting on you. It's there. But do you do it? Our second problem is this. When we don't like what this says, we try to change it. Right? We try to make it say what we want it to say. Well, God didn't really mean that. You know who else did that in Genesis chapter 3? The serpent. The serpent went to Adam and Eve and said, Did God really say that you would die? The whole mess that we find ourselves in spiritually today started by people not believing God's word. And the enemy's got the same tricks today. If you don't like what it says, he didn't really say it like that. He meant something different. No. If God says no, it's a no for me. Amen. I feel like one of the judges on American Idol it's a no for me dog it's a no for me i feel like keith urban not keith urban what's his name what's the country boy's names on american idol luke bryan the boy can't sing for nothing i get that women think he's attractive and handsome that's fine the boy's voice is terrible like he can't sing for nothing he's got a nice personality like he's funny on tv that's fine boy can't sing for nothing anyway back to preaching The word says no, it's a no. It's not a, well, maybe God meant this. No. God meant what he said. He tells you what he says. He tells you what he means. And it's all here. It's a yes here. It's a resounding yes for me. But you're not going to know what it is unless you read it. And God says, you take this. You take my word. Don't turn from it don't go to the left, don't go to the right, you take it. Don't look away. Life is here. Love is here. Forgiveness is here. Encouragement is here. My question to you is, do you read it? Do you read it? You may say, gosh, I'm struggling with fear. Have you been in the Word? I've got so much anxiety and worry. Have you been here? I've got questions. I've got doubts. I've got uncertainties in my life. Here, have you been here? Had a young lady in my youth group one time tell me that she felt like God wanted her to do a certain new thing in her life. I said, wonderful. I said, can I ask you, let me ask you a quick question. I said, how much, how often do you read the word? She said, I'm going to be honest with you somebody says that like you know (laughs) you know what's coming right she said I probably haven't read the Bible in six months I said you haven't read the word God's word in six months and you are going to tell me that you believe that God wants you to do something I said how do you know that she said I feel it I said did you feel it while you was reading God's word she said I hadn't read the word I said you didn't feel nothing I said, you may have ate a bad taco and need to go to the bathroom. It's what you felt. But you didn't feel something from the Lord if it didn't come from here. Amen? God's Word is alive and active. It does as much today as it did thousands of years ago with Joshua. It can change your life just like it did Joshua. It can encourage you just like it did Joshua. The question is, do you read it because it's there if you don't have a Bible I got one for you let me know you can have mine if you got a smartphone I can show you where to download it but I'm an old school kind of guy I like pages and leather I like this anybody smell books anybody go in the bookstore and just kind of thank you Clyde you like the way new books smell Me too, buddy. Me too. TJ and I was in a bookstore the other day, and I was standing there looking at a book, and I'm like, Me too, buddy. Me too, buddy. Yes. You have have your own library card? You have your own library card? Of course you do. Of course you do. I don't even have a library card. (laughs) Y'all, today, I want to share with you, I want to encourage you, that God is an encourager himself. You read on in uh, Joshua chapter 1, you see that Moses also receives encouragement from other people. The people told him, we'll follow you just like we did Moses. We see that he receives encouragement from prayers. The people said, we will pray for you just as we did uh, Moses. But I think it's important for us to know that God himself encourages us and he does that by his presence he does it by his call and he does it by his word if God is moving in your life today if this is a season for you where God is showing you something new where God is placing a new passion on your heart where God is calling you to start or to stop or to change you can find encouragement today in God himself His call is encouraging. If he calls you, he'll make a way. His word is encouraging because the word has power. And what was the third one? I forgot. His presence. His presence is encouraging because he is with us and will never leave you today. Amen? Let's stand together. Let's pray together. Lord, today we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word has power. We thank you that your word has life. That your word brings peace your word brings direction your word brings hope god thank you so much for your word thank you so much for your presence god thank you for the fact and the truth that you will never leave us that you will never forsake us god thank you for being with us in the valley and on the mountaintop thank you for your presence changing our lives God, thank you so much for you doing for us what only you can do for us. And God, I thank you for the calls that you place on our life. Thank you for the passions that you have placed in our heart. God, thank you for your leading and your guiding. God, thank you for being a God that calls and provides. Thank you for being a God that makes a way where it looks like there is no way, where it looks like there is no light at the end of the tunnel, even in the middle of the wilderness and all the trees, God, thank you for making a way for us today. God, I pray for myself and I pray for my brothers and sisters. God, for the calls that you've put on our life. God, for the passions that you've placed in our heart. God, for the times that we find ourselves with questions for the times that we find ourselves with doubts, for the times that we find ourselves with struggling with our faith. God, help us today. God, encourage us today to keep going, to keep believing, to press in and to press on. God, help us to know today that you can and you will provide. Help us to know today that you are with us and you will never leave us. And help us today to find direction and hope in your word. God, help us to keep on keeping on with you and because of you. God, we love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.